Well, I'm excited because we're beginning a brand new series uh, that I am calling Ghost Stories. Come on, somebody say Ghost Stories. Look at your neighbor say, I like a good ghost story. I like a good ghost story. Some of y'all are like, but I don't. <laughs> and here's the idea. It's kind of a play on words, really, with this time of year. But I felt like as I was praying and just seeking direction for where we were supposed to go as we kind of head into the fall season, um, here's what I felt like the Lord said to me is that there are a lot of us that uh, we're waiting for things to get back to normal and we're trying to pray for things to get back to normal and and we're just, you know, if we could just get through this. Come on, anybody tired of talking about COVID, right? If we could just get through COVID, if we could just get past this, if we could just move on, if things could get back to the way that they were. And here's what I felt like the Lord, because I've had moments like that myself. Here's what I felt like the Lord told me. He said, they don't need for things to get back to normal. They need the Holy Spirit. The Lord told me, you don't need for things to get back to normal. You just need the Holy Spirit. You just need the Holy Spirit. And so we are going to talk for the next five weeks about the Holy Spirit. (laughs) We're going to talk for five weeks about the Holy Spirit. And we're going to pull out some truth about the Holy Spirit, who He is. We're going to talk about the fruit that He produces in our lives, the gifts and Uh, some other aspects of the Holy Spirit. And so I believe that this series has the potential to change your life. I really believe that with all my heart. And today is kind of really an introduction to kind of get us going in this direction. And I've titled the message today, uh, if you're taking notes, it's Promise and Power. Part one of this series, we're talking about promise and power. And as I was asking the Lord kind of where to go with this series and what he wanted us to do as a church, and I felt like this is what we needed to talk about. And here's what I I feel like he showed me is that there are a lot of us that come from different backgrounds and different denominations and different uh, walks in life and different upbringings and all of these things. And what I felt like he showed me was that there are some of us who don't understand the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to come at this entire series from the standpoint of all these things because I think that you can find yourself probably in one of these areas. There are some of us that we don't understand the Holy Spirit. There are some of us that we've just never been taught about the Holy Spirit. We've heard of the Holy Spirit. We've just never been taught about the Holy Spirit. There are some of us that we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit, right? This We're going to read some scripture today. It was like, you know, have you received the Holy Spirit? And like, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. Like, who is this Holy Spirit that you speak of? I knew I needed Jesus in my life, but who is the Holy Spirit? And so there are some of us that are in that category. There are some of us who are scared of the Holy Spirit because of some things that maybe you've seen, some things that you've experienced, some things that you saw people do, some things that, and we're going to, in this series, we're going to talk about some of those things and try to bring some clarity because I believe that that there are a lot of things in the scripture uh, that come with what, you know, things that the Holy Spirit wants to give you, wants to put in you, wants to allow you to operate in, but, but none of it is weird. None of it, none of it is, is, is weird. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit in the series. And, and here's where I think some of us are as well, is that some of us are curious. I think that there are some of us that we have this thought as, as the weeks go on, and, and we've kind of talked a little bit about the Holy Spirit a few weeks ago, and, 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 and you've kind of been walking through seasons in life, and so there are some of us that we're like, there's got to be more. Like, what am, I, what am I missing? 
what is what is like how why do am I not experiencing what they're experiencing or why am I not feeling the way that they're feeling and it's not really necessarily a feeling but we're going to talk about some of these things because I believe that we need to understand who the Holy Spirit is we need the Holy Spirit and so I want to ask you this question as we get started in this series that uh, I heard another pastor ask one time, and ever since I heard it for the first time, it has stuck with me ever since then. And he put it this way. He said, if you're not afraid of the Father, and you're not afraid of Jesus, then why should you be afraid of the Holy Spirit? If you're not afraid of God the Father, think about it for a moment. If you're not afraid, of, you know, when somebody starts talking about God the Father, and, you, and that doesn't scare you. Somebody starts talking about Jesus and what he did for you on the cross, and how much he loves you, and... That doesn't, then why should we be afraid of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. So if we're not afraid of the Father and we're not afraid of the Son, then why would we need to be afraid of the Holy Spirit? And so my goal in this series is to present the truth about the Holy Spirit in the, to the best of my ability, the way that I read it, the way that I study it, the way that, the way that it appears to me, and I want to try to help us understand this better in this area and so today we're going to start in the book of acts and we're going to read a lot of scripture today but this is where i want to start and we're going to read three different portions here at the beginning starting in acts one and then jumping over into acts chapter two but this is what it says in acts chapter one verse one it says in my first book i told you theophilus about everything jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the holy spirit during the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. In other words, Jesus had gone to the cross. He has risen from the dead. He has appeared to his disciples, and he's been teaching them and instructing them, and he's telling them some things before he goes back to heaven. He's giving some instruction, and he's talking to them about some things. And it says, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But, somebody say but. Somebody say but. I love what Jesus is doing here because the disciples, they, he has told them that he's about to go back to heaven. And so they're asking some questions. They're like, when are we going to see? Is the time come when you're going to restore things and you're going to take care of this and you're going to do this? And Jesus looks at him and he says, those things are not for you to know. The Father knows all of the dates and all of the times and all of the ways that these things are going to happen. But here's what you do need to know. Those things are not for you to know, and so don't worry so much about those things. But here's what you do need to know. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then a little bit of time goes on, and we jump over to Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1. It says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And so we see this day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes, he is poured out 
on these people that were gathered together. And then after this experience, if you read through, we're not going to read it for the sake of time today, but you read what happens next. Peter steps out, you know, they come out. And Peter steps out, and all these people have gathered because it's this real important time in their culture. And so they've all come from all over the place, and they're all gathered together in this one area. And Peter steps out of this experience, and he preaches his very first message to all of these people that are standing out here and that are curious and wondering, like, what is going on? Some of them are like, are these people drunk? And Peter steps out, and I love Peter. He steps out, and he says, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning, baby. It's way too early for that. Like, why are you thinking that? Why are you thinking that these people are drunk? This isn't, this isn't what's going on. And he preaches this message, and I want to pick it up in verse 37 of Acts chapter 2. It says, Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? <laughs> in other words, he preaches this very first message, and he says all this, and he preaches the gospel to them. And their initial response is, well, just tell me what to do. Like, okay, I believe that. Like, tell me what to do. It's obvious that something is going on. There's something at work here. Tell us what to do. And Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. In other words, the Holy Spirit empowers Peter. He walks out and he preaches this message and he's preaching the gospel to all these people and about 3,000 people give their life to Jesus right then. I mean, just a powerful, powerful moment. And so building off of that, I want to talk to you today about a few truths as we kind of uh, jump into the series as the introduction to the series, talking about promise and power. And here's point number one if you're taking notes. It's that the Holy Spirit is promised to all believers. So don't look at the person next to you and be like, well, apparently the Holy Spirit is for them because I have seen them kind of, you know, I've seen the Holy Spirit in them, but the Holy Spirit must not be for me. No, the Holy Spirit is promised to all all believers. Well, how do you know that the Holy Spirit has promised to all believers? Well, I want to show you three different ways that we know. The first is that God, and I just want to pull out a few scriptures. There are more than these, but just a few, that God promised him. And we just read it in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Once when he was eating with them, talking about Jesus, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. Don't go anywhere until you receive the gift that he promised. And we can go in and read it and we know that it is the Holy Spirit. The gift that he is talking about is the Holy Spirit. Don't leave or go anywhere until you receive the Holy Spirit, which was promised by the Father. We even see it in the Old Testament. It talks about the Spirit that is to come. And in Ezekiel 36, starting in verse 26, And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my Spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. In Joel chapter 2, starting in verse 28, Then after doing all those things, I will pour out my Spirit upon all of you, or upon all people, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. In those days, what days is he talking about? I think he's talking about right now. I think we're actually really close or in the days that he is referring to. In those days I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women, 
alike. So we see it in the Old Testament. And even Jesus, if you read in John chapter 14 and John 15 and John 16, just a few verses in John 14, starting in verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Jumping down to verse 26. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. And I love that when Jesus is talking about this, he makes it very clear. The Father is going to send the advocate, which is the Holy Spirit. He was like, in case there's any confusion, in case you would take this and run with it in a different direction and think, well, maybe this is the counselor, maybe this is the advocate, maybe this is what he's talking about. He says, I'm going to ask the Father. He is going to send the counselor, the advocate, the helper, who is the Holy Spirit. That's who he's going to send. In John 15, verse 26, but I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. And in John 16, starting in verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Listen, if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit is a promise to you. The Holy Spirit is a promise to you. He is promised to you as a believer and if you don't understand first that the Holy Spirit is promised to you, he is promised to you, then you will never seek him. You will never know that you need to receive him. You will never know that, that you need him in your life. You have to know that he's promised to you. Here's point number two today. Is that the Holy Spirit gives us power. Would anybody say, you need some power? <laughs> I need some power. The Holy Spirit gives us power. We read it in Acts 1 and verse 8. Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I believe that Peter's first message in Acts 2, it pierced the hearts of the people who heard it and brought 3,000 people to salvation because of the power of the Holy Spirit that was working through him. It was because he had received power, power to step into his calling, power to step into what God was asking him to do, power to step into his walk with Jesus from that point forward, power to spread the, the good news and the gospel, power to be a witness. I was thinking this last week about this idea of power and how the Holy Spirit gives us power. And have you ever tried to drive a vehicle Without power steering fluid. <laughs> you ever tried to drive a vehicle that, I mean, like you almost can't even back the thing out of your driveway and get it turned right because the steering wheel is so hard to turn. And I was thinking this last week that there are a lot of us that are living our lives and we are trying to live our lives like this and we just can't get things to go in the direction that we know that they should probably go because we don't have the power 
We don't have the power. And we're trying, to, we're trying to steer this steering wheel without the power steering fluid. And in our lives, we're trying to walk this Christian life out in our own strength and our own power and just trying harder and doing more and trying to be more disciplined and trying to be more this. And there's nothing wrong necessarily with those things, but you need power. Jesus said, don't go anywhere. Don't go trying to be a witness. Don't go trying to share the gospel. Don't go trying to do all of this stuff until you receive the power. Stay here so that I can send the Holy Spirit and he can empower you. The third part of our mission and vision as a church is for every believer to go. And we talked about this back in August. We were talking about our vision and mission as a church and how you can be a part. And one of those things is that, you know, God desires for every for lost people to be saved, saved people to be discipled, and then those disciple people to be mobilized. For us to be sharing our faith, for us to be going into all the world, for us to be sharing the gospel with people. But before Jesus gave them that command and he gave them the great commission, and then right after that he says, but don't go anywhere until you receive power. But you will receive power, stay here until you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that has been promised to you. The Holy Spirit's power leads us. The Holy Spirit's power convicts us. It teaches us. It equips us to be Jesus' witnesses. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need it. In John chapter 16, verses 5 through 7, Jesus was telling the disciples, he said, But now I am going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you, look, look at this, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Jesus is telling the disciples, and I want you to just imagine that you're there in the moment, right? That Jesus is talking to you, he is talking to these disciples, and he says, I'm about to go back to the Father I have accomplished what I was sent here to accomplish. I'm going to go back to the Father. And these guys are like, like, say, what? For the last three years, all we've known is following you. And you're about to go where? You're about to do what? You're about to go back to where? Like, do you not remember when we sold our house to follow you? And we left everything? To follow you and after three years and all the things that we've seen, you're doing what? And he says, like, you, you're not even asking where I'm going. You're grieving because of what I've told you. But he says, listen, don't, don't, don't be sad and don't be worried and don't be troubled. And here's the reason why. It's better for you if I leave. Because if I leave, then I will send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will be in you, and he will give you power. It's better for you. Just imagine, they're like, what? This is all we've known. This is all we've known. He says, no, 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 it's better for you. This is going to be better if I go away, because I can send the Holy Spirit to you. And Jesus himself said, it's better for this to happen. It's better so that I can send the Holy Spirit. And I believe that. It was because he knew that the Holy Spirit would be in us and his power would be able to work through every believer. Through every believer. And here's point number three today. It's that being baptized in the Holy Spirit is separate from salvation. We're talking about truths about the Holy Spirit. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit 
is separate from salvation. Now, some of you hear the term being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you got a little, you know, he's like, whoo, well, this chair is like kind of just, mm, you know, just uncomfortable. Just <laughs> You start sweating under your arms because of things that you've experienced, the things that you've seen, or things that you have perceived about the Holy Spirit. And I want to point out to you, not only is the Holy Spirit promised to you as a believer, he's going to give you power. And being baptized in the Holy Spirit is separate from your salvation. Look at Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 5, talking about salvation. It says, For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. Come on, thank God that we're not... We're not having to do that and that Jesus, you know, by his grace and love for us, he gave his life for us so that we could be made right with God by believing in him. Amen. But faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say to your, in your heart, who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth? And don't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. In fact, it says the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Listen, you're saved by grace through faith. You're saved by grace through faith. You place your faith in Jesus and what he did for you, and he saves you. You confess him as Lord and Savior of your life, and he saves you. But I want us to look at, um, as it appears to me, in Acts chapter 19. And we're going to jump back to Acts chapter 8 in just a moment. But this is, what, this is what it says in Acts 19, starting in verse 1. It says, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. That's... Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Paul laid his hands on them. The Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Looking at Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Paul or they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. As it appears to me, Paul is traveling on a missionary journey. And he comes across some believers, some new believers. And as he's sitting, as he's traveling through, he sees these new believers and he asks them, like, did you receive the Holy Spirit whenever you believed? And their response is, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. We haven't even heard that this is something that we need. We believe that, we believe that, you know, on Jesus We've heard the message of the gospel and we've believed on Jesus, but we haven't even heard that we need 
the Holy Spirit. We don't even know who the Holy Spirit is. And he prays for them and they receive the Holy Spirit. And then they get word. It says in Acts 8, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard, they heard that in Samaria, hey, there are some people in Samaria who have heard the gospel and they have believed. And so Peter and John, we are sending you. Like we need you to go over there and tell them. You need to go over there and tell them that they need to receive the Holy Spirit. They have believed on Jesus and they need to receive the Holy Spirit. They need to receive this power that comes from the Holy Spirit. I believe that after you get saved, you need to be water baptized and you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That when you give your life to Jesus, you need to be water baptized, you need to be baptized in water. And you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Why do you need to be baptized in water? I believe it's an outward expression of an inner change that has happened in you. And you are openly declaring your faith in Jesus. It's this symbolic moment where you go into the water. And when you come out, the old is gone and the new has come. The old is gone and the new has come. And I'm declaring that Jesus is Lord of my life. I think you need to be water baptized. I think it's what Jesus told us to do. I think Jesus set an example by being baptized himself in water. But you also need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Why do you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? So that you will have power. So that you will have power to walk out your faith and walk out what God has called you to do. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's where you receive the power. Jesus told his disciples, he said, wait, wait, stay here until you receive the power that's going to come whenever you receive the Holy Spirit. I am sending the Holy Spirit to be your helper, to empower you. And I think there are a lot of us that we just don't, we, we, we're, we're okay with the helping part and the advocate part and the counseling part, but we just don't know about the power part or we've never been taught about the power part jesus told him he said wait until you receive the holy spirit peter john and paul they wanted to make sure that these believers that they encountered had received the holy spirit have you received the holy spirit you have believed but have you received the holy spirit and here's the truth about the holy spirit he is so vitally important in your life as a believer When you get saved, you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, and he wants to guide you and lead you into all truth and and empower you. But I believe that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a different thing. It's a different thing. That's where you receive the power. Jesus said you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and this is what it's going to give you the power to do. It's going to give you the power to walk this out why would we need the power to walk this out i'm telling you i know that i know that i know that the lord told me to tell you think like we need to stop focusing on things going back to normal and we need the holy spirit if you read through and i'm not going to read through it for the sake of time today but you can read through scripture and i can read you lots of scripture to where if you're going to endure you need the holy spirit if you're going to persevere you're going to need the holy spirit you're going to need the power of the holy spirit if you're going to if you're going to walk out your christian faith the way that god intends for you to walk it out you're going to need the power of the holy spirit you're going to need the power of the holy spirit 
I'll go ahead and bring the worship team back as we kind of bring this to a close. And I want to encourage you. Keep coming back. Because there's a lot of scripture that talks about the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is and what he wants to do in your life and what he wants to provide you with and what he wants to give you the power to do. Keep coming back because you need the Holy Spirit. And during this series, that's what we're going to be focused solely on is the Holy Spirit. And at the end of this series... Listen, at the end of this series, after we've talked about the Holy Spirit and, and we've learned some things and maybe we've, come on somebody, maybe we've unlearned some things that we've learned before and we've relearned what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit, right? That I, I, I think that if the Lord leads us to, there might be an opportunity at the end of this series after we kind of wrap our minds around this and we understand it and it's like, wow, I need to receive the Holy Spirit, that there's going to be an opportunity for you to receive the Holy Spirit, for you to receive power, for you to receive everything that God wants to give you. Come on, is there anybody that would say, I just don't want everything that God, like God is a good God, God is faithful, God is holy, God is always there, he never leaves me, never forsakes me, he's walking with me, he walks me through things, he's never going anywhere, but I just don't want everything that he has to offer. And my concern is that there are many of us that we are we are trying to walk out our faith and we are trying to be a witness and we are trying to see people saved and we are trying to live this out and we're trying to live it out without the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I believe that God sent me here on an assignment today as we jump into this series to tell you, you need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You need the power of the Holy Spirit operating and working in your life life maybe you're thinking well why why is this such a big deal why are you talking so much about this why are we spending five weeks on this why are you talking about give us an opportunity to receive the holy spirit like what is the point of doing that let me tell you what it's not it's not to make anybody look weird <laughs> if there's anything that i could tell you today as we kind of land this message today it's here's what i would say relax Relax. The Holy Spirit is not weird. He is not weird. So relax. The Holy Spirit is not going to make you do anything. Well, if I receive, like if I if I say I want to receive the Holy Spirit, he's gonna make me act crazy and make me do it. No. 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 <laughs> He's not weird. Here's what I know about the Holy Spirit. He is God. He has been promised to you. He wants to give you power and he loves you. He loves you and he's saying, will you let me empower you? Will you let me into your life in this way? Will you open yourself up to receive me so that I can empower you in everything that I'm calling you to do? We desperately need the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're a believer, God wants you to receive the Holy Spirit. He's the one that gives you the power. He's the one that gives you the ability He's the one who will be in you. 
Holy Spirit. Will you stand to your feet today? Each week, what I want to do as we go through the series is I want to give two or three questions at the end of every message. And just some questions for you to think about. And so if you want to take a picture with your phone, if you, we can put these on social media so we can remind you. But I'm encouraging you every single week as we talk about a different portion of Scripture, we talk more about the Holy Spirit and we learn more and we grow more in this area of our lives. I want you to take like the next seven days and ask yourself, pray through some questions. Pray through some things. And here's question number one. If I'm afraid of the Holy Spirit, why am I afraid? Here's what I know about the Lord. He will tell you. If you are afraid, just, just ask yourself, just in your own quiet time with the Lord, you just, you just get along with the Lord. Maybe you spend some time worshiping and you stop and you say, okay, am I afraid of the Holy Spirit? And if I'm afraid, why am I afraid? Is it because of what I've been taught? Is it because of what I've seen? Is it because I don't understand? Is it because I don't really get it? Is it because I'm, I'm just nervous about things that I don't completely, I'm not able to wrap my mind? Like why? He'll, you'll know. Just ask yourself, if I'm afraid of the Holy Spirit, why am I afraid of the Holy Spirit? And here's question number two. Am I trying to live my Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit? Just take inventory of your life and just ask the Lord, am I, am I trying to live out what your word says? Am I trying to live out my calling? Am I trying to live out the Great Commission without the power to do it? Without the power of the Holy Spirit? If I'm afraid, why am I afraid? If, and am I trying to live this out in my own strength and without the power of the Holy Spirit? Amen? Will you bow your heads and close your eyes today? We're going to sing in just a moment, and I'm going to invite the prayer team to come down, and we want to give you an opportunity to be prayed for and for a couple of different things. And here's what, here's kind of how I want to end today. Is if you're here today and you've never, you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, you've never received his forgiveness and placed your faith and your trust in him, then I would encourage you when the worship team begins to sing this last song, I would encourage you to just slip out of your seat and come down and, and, and let somebody talk to you. Let somebody talk to you about what it means to surrender your life to Jesus, to confess him as Lord and Savior of your life, somebody to pray with you. Amen. And here's the next thing. If you're here today and, and, and you would say, I know I don't completely understand it. I know I don't completely get it. I don't know exactly what it's all about yet. I don't know all the, the facets and, and how it works and what it looks like in my life. But I want the Lord to open me up. I want the Lord to remove fear. I want the Lord to remove anxiety. I want the Lord to remove whatever is blocking me from being so nervous and so afraid of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in my life. And I want, I want, I want somebody to pray for me that I will just be open, that my heart will open up that my mind will open up so that God's word can show me everything that he wants to give me. And so I, I would encourage you. We're going to sing one final song. We're going to worship together. But don't, don't allow pride to keep you
from receiving prayer. Please. God loves you so much, and he has so much for you. And I believe that today, as we kind of dive into this topic and who the Holy Spirit is, he wants to just open your heart and open your mind so that you would be willing to say, okay, God, whatever your word says, whatever you want to teach me, whatever, whatever the Bible says about what you want to give me through the person of the Holy Spirit, I just want to be open. I want to be open. So, Lord, I thank you today for your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for the promise. We thank you for the power. And Lord, I pray right now that as we sing this last song and we worship together, if there's anybody here who needs to receive salvation, Lord, Holy Spirit, would you draw them to come for prayer? If there's anybody here who, who would say, you know what, I want to be open. I just want the Lord to open my heart, to open my mind, to open my eyes. I want to see everything that God desires for me in my life. So Holy Spirit, as we sing this song, would you draw every person today who needs prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.